Adelaide, it is not long now until the live Little Dum Dum Club podcast happening in your town. Sunday, March 15, and for the love of God, get off your asses and buy some freaking tickets. Come down. It's going to be a great show, man. It's going to be the same as last Adelaide show, which was heaps of fun. So, guys, um, yeah, generally we have really good ticket sales. Adelaide, you are dragging your little... Bloody little fannies. floater behind. Dragging your little fannies along the ground, yeah, <laughs> taking yeah. your time. Uh, then we're in Melbourne every Sunday of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Sunday's fe- uh, Melbourne's selling great, but, you know, we can always have more. We want to fill this place up. We're a big chance of uh, selling out all of our shows. If you guys um, keep buying the tickets at the rate you're doing it, so do that. Yeah. It's going to be heaps of fun. We've got heaps of great stuff planned for the drunk cast as well, which you can only get to if you've bought a ticket to one of the four live podcasts that's at the joint in a Elizabeth Street, Melbourne, at 3 o'clock every Sunday of the Comedy Festival. Plus every night of the Comedy Festival, our solo shows, 7pm, Tommy Dasilo in Cutie Pie at the Imperial Hotel. And Carl Chandler, world's greatest and best comedian at 9.45 at uh, the Vic Hotel. And also uh, Brisbane. I'm there right now at the Brisbane Powerhouse doing Cutie Pie at 7pm every night. Tickets for that through the Brisbane Powerhouse or at TommyDasilo.com. And because there's not long to go before the big Melbourne Comedy Festival, uh, a big, big uh, amount of listeners we have in Melbourne. So remember, guys, hey, come along and see what we've said already. Our shows, we'd love to see you there. Also, you know, if you're one of those people that go to like 12, 15 shows, make sure you go and see your favourite friend of the show. You know, these guys give up their time to come along and entertain you and be awesome guests on our show. So pick the, the, the people that have been the funniest uh, on the show and go and see their, them be funny by themselves for an hour. Yeah, and also, uh, final notice, I have something, Carl... That I need to tell you about. Yes. Since you're sitting down. Yes. Since we have this platform. Yes, go ahead. Uh, oh, no. Hang on, we better get to the show. Yeah, All right. better get to the show. Welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasilo. Sitting next to me, the other half of the program, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Uh, we're in your house for the first time in a little while. Yeah. So it's good to be back in here, looking at your couch that you've never sat on, that just has piles of shit on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like there's only one couch. It's, I've, I've got more than one couch. Have you ever thought about just, you know, sell the couch? No. You don't need it. Yeah. No, I've, I've thought about my regret of, of buying it to start with, but... Yeah, I haven't thought about selling it. I'm looking at your little uh, your little board of weight loss that yes. you have going with your girlfriend. I can confirm yes. to the listeners that by my eyes, you've lost three point two kilos. That's correct. Since you started, um, no bread. She's lost one point three. A little, little bit personal, but anyway. <laughs> Today on the show, two returning guests. First of all, you know him from Stand Up at Bella Union, and from more importantly, Xavier's Corner. Mm. Please welcome back into Little Dum Dum Club, Xavier Michaelides. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. Now, this has happened kind of at the last moment. Are we a chance of getting any Xavier's Corner today? No, not at all. Okay. Well, I mean, because I was told it this last night. Yeah. And, I mean, I have had <laughs> hours. Yeah. I could have worked on something in between, but yeah. uh, I decided to go buy some M&Ms and soaps. So. Yeah. Well, one of our guests is uh, just getting up to open the door to a dude who's taking photographs of us during the podcast. Sorry, man, we had to start. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, also joining us today, uh, you know him from Music Jamboree, Race Relations, his book Murder in Mississippi. Please welcome back into the little dum-dum club, John Safran. Yay. Thank you, thank you. You know, she got a big pile of DVDs. It's the first time I've looked at a pile of DVDs and thought, oh, that's kind of retro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, no one has DVDs. They're like... 
cassettes or something. And they're not mm. mine. You can very clearly see that they're not mine. There's a lot of white Notting romantic. Hill. Notting Hill. Yeah, yeah. Beaches. Yeah, yeah. Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Mm. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Yeah, the classic Chandler. Is your girlfriend selective at all? Like no. No, she's, she's got the absolute worst taste. Like, she will yeah. go... Like, this is... I don't know how many people do this, but she'll go, let's go to the cinema. What's on? It doesn't matter. Yeah. She just wants to look at a screen, which I can't do. It drives me crazy to be trapped in a place looking at something I don't want to look at. I would, I would love to be that way. I would love to be, like, my, you know, like that easily amused. Yeah. Well, look, hey, since we're at, at my house, I'll, I'll bring up with you. Maybe you guys can solve um, uh, uh, what, what's happened here uh, or explain to me maybe. So we're in my house here. I did uh, Triple J breakfast with Nazim Hussain a couple of months ago, a month or two ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's radio, so you've got to bring in some content. And so I think Nazim asked me, uh, what do you want to talk about? What's something, what's something we can put out as a, as a callback? Sort of mm-hmm. topic. And yep. I went, okay, well, what? And I had two interesting things. And then the third thing that I thought, oh, this is just a filler. But, of course, they went with it was, look, my neighbours won't talk to me. I've got, uh, I've got multiple neighbours here that will not look at me in the eye and won't speak to me. I'll walk one-on-one with them and they won't acknowledge my existence. Even though I've been living here for four years, they won't look at me. They won't talk to me. Do you say hi to them? Yeah, yeah. And they go, they give me nothing. Is, it, is that just because they've come part mentalise their lives and it's like this isn't like my life, my social life isn't where I live, where I live is just where I live and my I, social life is somewhere mm. else? Well, that's a possibility. Some people so, have that about their office. It's like I've got real friends outside this. I don't need to know these people that work in the cubicle next to me. Well, this, that's the possibility. Look, I'm genuinely looking for answers. I don't know why. I, I figure I've done something wrong. So anyway, I bring this up and so Nazim wants to put this out to the listeners. You know, what do you think – you know, people are asking me, what do you think you possibly could have done? And I said, look – the only thing I can think of is I do get up in the morning and I do walk around with no clothes on until lunchtime or afterwards. So possibly maybe someone see me through the window. Maybe people don't like me because I do that or something. But, you know, you can see where we are now. I, I think it's a small chance that people could see me or anything like that. So anyway, that goes out onto Triple J. Mm-hmm. Listeners ring up, ring back with, like, suggestions on the answer or, or what what I could do next. And there's people ring up. Literally, there's a guy that rings up that goes, you know what you should do? Knock on that old woman's door and then go in there and then take all your clothes off and run around in her apartment. And it's like, that's, I don't think that's the answer to anything. That's, <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's actually making it worse. That's and, that's, and that's a crime. That's, yeah. That is I, a crime. I was yeah. near the corner of my place in my car and I suddenly did a skid across the lane so I could make this turn and I sort of cut, I realised after the fact I'd kind of cut this guy off. I'm like, oh, oh shit. But then I was like, I drove and then turned up the alleyway where, you know, I park my car and then the guy kind of pulls up and parks next to me and it's my neighbour and he just says, you know, when you cut off someone in traffic and then just skid off, hoping they don't notice, you know, you get away with it, make sure it's not your neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been like awkward since then a bit. And the, the worst bit is I spent so long, in not, not consciously, but because he was building for Halloween like a He-Man costume or something. I forget what it was. So it was in the garage and every time I pulled up, I'd stop and talk to him for like five minutes, like for months, and then it's just all gone all that like that. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you pissed off Skeletor. Man, yes. that's bad. Yeah, so... Having I, a communal I, garage, you know, that's a big... So he's just leaving bits of the costume behind in this communal garage that's um, in your building. I, no, no, well, there's garages where there's a closed door and yeah. he's got one of those and then there's a, an open-air bit and that's where I've got mine. Right. 
So finishing this story would go, so I, that goes out there. People are suggesting, oh, you know, you do this, you know, whatever. I go, oh, all right, well, we get away. You know, it's entertaining enough. End of story. I wish I'd been up early this day because I've got some suggestions. Right. Well, we'll get that at the, at the end. <laughs> so that all goes out to air. Anyway, I come back here. These people still aren't talking to me. And I sort of don't really know many people around in this office, in this apartment building anyway. You don't sort of find out people's names or whatever. You just yeah. vaguely go past people and whatever. Anyway, when this goes to air, about two days later, the girl next door goes, um, Hey, Carl. <laughs> oh, yeah, g'day. Yeah, heard you on Triple J talking about uh, your neighbours and... Uh, Having a bit of a bloody bit of, sook. A bit of a walk around and a bit of a sook and whatever. And I'm like... Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And she's like, yeah, yeah, good one. And then just sort of walks away. And I go, how, like, how do you know who I am? Like, we haven't met properly. Like, yeah. she doesn't know my name. So then, a week later, another girl comes up to me in the other, over there, mm. goes, heard you on Triple J, Carl Chandler, heard you on Triple J. So your whole block's just had like a listening party that morning yeah. or something. Mm. Yeah, right. they've all heard it. And, but the thing is, how do they know who I am? Like, they haven't. How did they – did they Shazam my voice on <laughs> Triple J and then go, hang on, where's that coming from? Oh, apartment 17, yeah. Like, but she's gone, you know, I heard you talking about, oh, you're walking around the nude in your apartment, hey? Like to walk around in the morning with no clothes on in your little apartment, don't you? And I was like, yeah. She goes, glad I didn't bloody see that. Yuck. <laughs> oh, okay. Like you're nice to meet for being the – like you're the one person – in human existence who walks around in the nude in their own house. But to go, it was like, that's a pretty full on thing to say to your neighbour when I don't know. Like, she's gone. She's already said to me, I know who you are. I know yeah. your name. Yeah. I've heard all about you. And I'm like, all right, I'm a little bit disarmed. And then she's gone, and your naked body sounds disgusting. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So now I actually feel a bit better about not speaking to people. I'd yeah. rather not speak to people well, than cop that. it doesn't sound that. like you have a choice either. Yeah. Do you no. have that, John? You do, you do talk a bit honestly about stuff on the air and then it, you know, and then it gets back and you have to face those people in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just not going to open that wound again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nearly sure we talked about this maybe the last yes, time we're on here. Yeah. I think we've, we've talked about it a bit, yeah. 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 I've got this neighbour who's downstairs, a very old lady, and she started talking to me and she used to talk about my grandparents or whatever and I was all confused. And, and anyway, I found out because I, I didn't know that my grandparents on my dad's side, like I, they died before I was born. So I'd never, like, talked about them or whatever. And she, for some reason, knew them from some other context. And she was, like, the Wikipedia of these relatives I never met. And she could just tell me everything, more than my dad could ever tell me. Right. I get that a lot. I accidentally put my mobile number in the phone book because I thought it'd be good to get gigs. Yeah. <laughs> and now I get calls. Yeah, it was a stupid idea years ago. Like to I get what? Gigs. Like, people would come oh, yeah. up and go, oh, Xavier, he sounds funny and give me work somehow. Wait, so you mean, like, in the yellow pages? <laughs> no, no, no. Or just in what? the white pages? So just, just Xavier Michaelides. And my mobile number. <laughs> right? <laughs> so now I get calls from distant relatives because there's lots of Michaelides around and they'll call me up and they'll be like, I know your great uncle, he used to sell me cigarettes and all that sort of stuff because I used to own a tobacco company. And I get a lot. And then I'll call up my dad and go, do you know Arnie Valerie? And he's like, no, nah, we're not related to that person at all. You, that, that person, we don't know them at all. It's great. <laughs> and so, so your family sold tobacco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My right. Tobacco Limited. It was the longest – I feel like I've already talked about this as well. It was the longest sign in the Southern Hemisphere – Michael Eady's Tobacco Limited. <laughs> and what, what happened to it? Um, the, the, Why haven't you continued on the great Michael Eady's 
tobacco name? What everyone says is that brand names came in, so no one was buying local cigarettes anymore. So oh. everyone started buying Benson Hedges and stuff right. like that. And so so, so when, were, when were they big or when were they pop- I think it was around probably the 40s and 50s. Oh, yeah. 30s, 40s and 50s. So before brand names really took over. It could have been Michael Leedy's on the front of a Ferrari instead yeah. of Marlboro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could be dealing with a lot of court cases right now. <laughs> People just suing the crap out of us. Yeah. And you smoke, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a drinker smoker. Yeah, I have a drink. So keeping love the a family smoke. keeping the family dream alive. Yeah, totally. <laughs> love it. Love a big smoke. So, John, are you are you just back from America? You you've been there. Oh, in December I'll see. You. Yeah, in December. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. In the whole history of the universe, from Big Bang. Yeah. To whatever. Pretty yeah. recent. I'm, I'm pretty, just, much it's pretty recent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're over there. So you're doing like proper book tours. No, I don't. What's a proper book tour? Well, I, I reckon you should probably know better than me. Um, no, not really a proper book tour. I did the, my live show in London at the Soho Theatre yep. and then I went and just, yeah, went to America and just did a bit of promotion. That sounds, it was that mainly, sounds proper. But it was mainly like going, sitting around and doing podcasts really. Oh, really? Yes. Right. So Are you secretly so, trying to find more crimes, to uncover more crimes to write about for your next book? No, there's no shortage of crimes. I get <laughs> them on, people just message me on Facebook and they they want me to solve their crimes. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're going to say you've gone people. you've gone less chaser, more Miss Marple now. Yeah, <laughs> they're really they're, there's just no sh- that so much goes on, and and obviously so much has gone on that uh, and and not everything gets traction. You, you always like hear these like people contact me about stories, and I'll kind of check them out like just in case you know, and they're, they're true, and it's just like an amazing story that easily could have been the biggest story in Australia for the year but for whatever reason that week you know something else was big or yeah. you know mm. it, like it just didn't get it didn't get traction mm. so but so you've you're you're over there sort of promoting the book but in America you've had to change the name of the book from murder in Mississippi to God will cut you down God cuts you down so which I don't know that puzzles me a little bit that they've gone murder in Mississippi well that could be about anything you know, that's a bit confusing in America. No, no, no. I think, it, I think it just sounds like to American ears just sounds a bit, you know, very ge- plain rap generic, like murder in Mississippi. Right, right. A bit like if there was a book in, in Melbourne called Murder, murder in, in Ballarat. In, in Chadston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You right, kind of right. go, right. why? Like, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I disagree. Chadston. I would be fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Chadston? Boxing yeah. Day sales? The McDonald's? Or or, yeah. yeah. Um, to the food court, probably. Yeah. yeah. Granny, Granny Mays. Oh, yeah. What's <laughs> that new? thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, Gold Cut You Down. Yeah, I guess, so, yeah, Murder in Mississippi does sound a bit more fantastical or a bit more exotic or whatever, I guess. But over there, Mississippi's not really a cool place, is it? It's just a, it is a bit more of a backwater, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah well, it's definitely perceived that way. So for, to a lot of New Yorkers, they'd say, oh, it's the other. They'd say, oh, listen... I can relate more to an Australian or a British person. Right. It's us New Yorkers and British people and Australians against those strange people in the South. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because last time we had you on, I think the book had just come out. In fact, I think I was three quarters of the way through it and you, at the end, you very nicely signed it at the page that I was at. And now since then... Uh, you've you've won an award recently for it, the Ned Kelly ah, Prize, yes, is that yes, what it's called? Ned Kelly Award. And the great author. <laughs> 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 he wrote the Goosebumps books, didn't he? <laughs> um, R.L. Kelly, yeah. <laughs> it's and harder to write, though, when you have to look through a little slit. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, he was working yeah. in some pretty tough conditions. And yeah. Didn't he you, write that tattoo on Ben Cousins' stomach as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Such his life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You also, uh, I think this was not long after we had you on, you got a, sh- a pretty cool shout-out on Twitter from Louis Theroux. Oh, that was yeah. like he'd read it and and gave you big. Did you did you have any relationship with him before that, or was that just like an out of the blue kind of thing? Um, no, I, I think I sent it to him because he. Oh, it's it's just tedious. But <laughs> but if you were seeing like it will seem like I'm trying to keep a secret if yeah. I don't tell you this tedious story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I better not get flack from your listeners for being tedious <laughs> or self indulgent. <laughs> or why can't John stop talking around? Because you're the goddamn one who's asked me this question, <laughs> yeah. in which is only a boring answer. <laughs> Okay, fine. So he tweeted... Oh, go on with my boring story about knowing Louis Theroux. (laughs) He tweeted a link to a a radio show podcast I did called John Safran's True Crime where I interviewed true crime authors. And so I said to him, oh, do you want me to send you the book? And he said, yes. And then he read it and then he wrote good stuff about it on Twitter after. He said, and so then I said to him, can I put that on the book when it's next pressed? And he said, yes. I can hear the keyboards clacking <laughs> in the future as we speak, yeah. sending off those angry missives. Oh. But that, see, I, I'm enjoying that you're going to America and joining the, the flanks of, of Australians that are going over there. And But I, I was looking up um, – so I didn't realise this, that you'd actually done a, a pilot, a pilot in America, John Saffron Saves America. Yeah, that was years I, ago. I'd never heard anything about that. Okay, so the sort of slightly interesting story behind that is – so Louis he, through ages, said what? No, <laughs> no. Ages and ages ago, like before 9-11, uh, I, I, I got out of the blue this message from MTV in America and it was like, listen, we need you to do a, a pilot. And, and it was like, oh, okay. And, and the reason was that jackass, so this is when like Bill, who was like, like Bill Clinton, this was before... George W. Bush. Oh, really? So Bill Clinton's in office and his wife, uh, and Al Gore's vice president, right. and his wife's really into... Wow, sensi- this thing goes all the way yeah, to the top. it does. <laughs> and anyway, his wife was really into, uh, like, censoring uh, lyrics and stuff and being really worried about, like, heavy metal lyrics. And, oh, Tipper uh, Gore. Yeah, Tipper Gore. Yeah, 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 right. So she, for some reason, got on this... Uh, Campaign where she was, she didn't like Jackass, that MTV TV show where Johnny yeah. Knoxville gets blown out of cannons into yep. walls and stuff. Yeah, because it was like, oh, these are real bad influence on the kids, and she and she'd built up such momentum that MTV were just worried that there was going to be so much pressure that they'd actually have to take that show off the air. Anyway, so they'd seen this pilot. I never, they'd never gone to the air on the ABC where I did a cooking show, like a parody. It was like a seven-minute segment, which was called Master Chef. Yeah. And it was like a seven-minute segment and I pretended I was like a Jamie Oliver or whatever, one of those characters. And then – but the, I go into an, a, an actual abattoir as part of the cooking show. So, yep. But I'm presenting it all like really pleasantly like, oh, no, it didn't just bulk under cow and you just see pull this cow. So anyway, so MTV had somehow seen that. And so they said, oh, listen, can you come and be our backup plan? So shoot a – so if, we, if Jackass is taken oh. off the air, you can go on because – We'll be able to justify you because you kind of do that jackass stuff. Oh, you were joining like Knoxville's bol- yeah, understudy. Like, yeah, like with mm. bolt guns and stuff. So all the blood and gore. But we'll be, a- <laughs> we'll be able to say, we'll be able to say, oh, listen, it's got some context and it's got something. 
I like the so idea so that that gets up and then they and then you and you're like, okay, great, well we'll do this food show. And they're like, oh no no no, we're just going to shoot you out of a cannon. No no no, no, it's just John Saffron's cow killing hour on MTV. <laughs> so that was like like 1990 blah. Like I, I can't even remember when it was. And then like I never heard from them again. And that was like so I never went over there. I never heard from them. And then it was like eight years later. I suddenly get like a call out of the blue from the same people, and they're like. Listen, you have to come over here and shoot a pilot. I'm like, oh. <laughs> we've been waiting. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Are you? And this this time, the backstory was that there's two officers in MTV. There's LA officers and New York officers, and so they're they're somewhat competing. And there's always one of them's cap- capturing the zeitgeist, and the other one's kind of worried and trying to catch up or whatever. So at this particular point in time, the New York office. We're kicking all the goals, coming up with sort of like slightly darker kind of work, like rather than the kind of Jersey Shore, yeah, yeah, mm. the, like, fake tan stuff that MTV LA were. So MTV TV LA were really worried, like, oh shit, we're falling behind. All our shows are kind of that vacuate stuff. So let's get some age. John can come over and he'll shoot one of his things, and then we'll be like the New York office. So then I went over there and spent two months there shooting this pilot, and you know, just and then yeah, nothing. And then just no the phone end. call again. Yeah, no phone call again. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. What sort of stuff were you doing in the pilot? Was it sort of like the stuff that you do on the shows that you've made here? Yeah, but it, it's not until you kind of like denied your exact context before you – that you realise just how much is all this unspoken stuff. That's how I've explained that badly. Like when I do a show in Australia, there's all this sort of like unspoken stuff that I don't have to explain. So it's like, oh, he's on the ABC. So therefore – when he's like being like really offensive and trying to sort of push buttons and sound ironically whatever, like a bigot or whatever, there's like this context like, oh, well, this is ABC, so clearly he's sort of like making some yeah. joke, like the spate. But, but it was just weird doing it on, for MTV because suddenly your audience is whatever, like 16-year-old kids. And so therefore what am I meant to be doing? Like I can't take the mickey out of the counterculture, but yeah. I can't mm. like it's not. It's suddenly not funny taking the mickey out of the counterculture unless you're in the space of the counterculture. Is this your opening monologue from the pilot? Yeah. <laughs> and then so it's like, well, what do I do? Am I there? Am I snarky about American culture? And even that, and that just didn't seem funny. Like, why am I? That yeah, that would be weird. An, an Australian person on TV in America. Yeah. Into camera going, America sucks. I know that sounds like what John Oliver's doing right now. Yeah, you're right. But he's, I mean, he's not But that's also, something but, yeah. that New York MTV would come up with, not LA MTV. Yeah. They couldn't handle that. Save you, Michael Eady, <laughs> showbiz expert. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I just heard 10 seconds ago, and I know all about it. Yeah. I know everything about it. You are the Biggie Smalls to our two pack over there on the West Coast. So, so it, who, who are they? <laughs> so it's not out there anywhere, is it? Like the MTV pilot? No, no, no. It's I don't not think like, so. I'm not embarrassed by it. I mean, I'm not proud. I'm not, I mean, it's not like. What's well, this masterwork? But it's not like there's anything there. It's like, oh my god! You're yeah. probably, if, that, if that gets out there, you're, my career's over. You're, yeah. you're probably, you're probably due another call from MTV any second now. <laughs> well, no, no, I did. I, I still have con- this guy who's helping me out now in America. He's one of the guys who was still. Yeah, so it's, it drags on. Yeah, right. You yeah. just bounce back and forth between the coasts yeah. every eight years. Yes. Get tips from Xavier about that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have a chat about it later. But that, MasterChef. So you were doing that in. A, so you did two pilots in Australia about, around that point. So that was the Media Tycoon pilot. Yes. Uh, a bit before that, I guess, as yeah. well. So, so, that, so was, I guess I would like thematic specials. So like the first special was about the media and the second special was about the food industry. And I guess 
in theory, if they would have gone ahead, I would have come up with a other topic for three and another topic for four. Because I thought that was really cool at the time because that was when that came out. I think I was still living in Ballarat, so I you'd hear all that sort of stuff. Because we, I, you know, I've said this to you before on the podcast. Um, me and all my f- mates used to crowd around the TV on a Monday night and watch race around the world. So then, when that word came out about you doing your own pilot and your own show, we were like, "Oh, this is awesome!" But you've got no, there's no internet, so there's no access to it. So I remember us coming down to Melbourne and like you could buy a dodgy copy of Media Tycoon. In polyester, yeah, yeah, that was true. in the polyester bookshop, in between all the midget porn and uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever else is in there, it's just like your pile. It's like, is it that bad? Is that is that what's happening in in John? Oh, maybe I won't watch it then. But that was the only access before internet. You could just buy it, and you're not getting any any uh, kickback off off some dodgy pirated version in polyester. That was that was the old school pirate bay polyester on yeah. Brunswick Street. Yeah, was well, it was my that my pilot and the. Pamela Anderson sex. Yes, <laughs> yes. Were the two things going around on VHS. Yeah, yeah, right. Wow, what what a steamed company. And yeah, and once I finally saw Media Tycoon, you did beep the horn on the boat with your dick as well. So that was yeah. <laughs> what order would you watch the two in? Which one goes first? <laughs> Do you sort of post-coital sort of then jo- watch your <laughs> pilot and once you've come yeah, down? Nothing, after I have sex, there's nothing more I like than seeing Ray Martin get harassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John, anyone who's listening who's thinking about queuing them up, which order would you like people to watch them in? The, uh, what, the Pamela Anderson and my... Yeah. Mm. Do you know, I've, I've never... I, I, with the whole Ray Martin thing, because it just kind of speaks for itself, there's like no point in me kind of like getting self-righteous about it. Like, what am I going to do? Like, it, it, it's because it's just like he looks a bit like aggressive and yeah. And, so, the, so, and, and for a bit of context for people that haven't seen it, it was back when it was all because of the Paxton family, wasn't it? On Current Affair, they sort of got a bit harassed. So Bill you, Paxton, yeah, Bill Paxton <laughs> from Apollo Eleven or wherever he's from. <laughs> no, so you were. It was a bit of a, a bait and switch, I guess, or uh, like you went around and harassed. Ray Martin, because he yeah. wasn't working at the time or whatever. He was just at his home. So you, you came and knocked on his door and whatever and he yeah, yeah. lost so his just, mind. It was, yeah, it was just a, taking the mickey out of yeah. the way that their foot in door journalism. Yes. And mm. then he did all that stuff that all the victims do. Like he puts his hand on the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> grabs me he by the collar. your camera off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that so, it feels like he's in on it because he does every single <laughs> cliche. Yes. It's every trope <laughs> takes place that it's sort of, yeah. So, so I was thinking, oh, the point of it is not that he's guilty, but it's like, oh, my, how can we trust that the people presented as guilty are guilty when the guy yeah. who hosts the goddamn show does everything that, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. he's confronted? So, but, but so I never, I just sort of like, just thought like, there's, I just don't come across well when I'm getting self-righteous. And so I just sort of like shut up about it or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and let it, let it run. And then I finally did a joke about it on... Like a, a bit of a joke, joke about it recently on Triple J. Uh, Helen Razor was there because she was talking about her book, and some and and Ray Martin had started this campaign about something to do with reconciliation. And so people people had been tweeting me like a ver- all versions of the joke of like, oh well, maybe after he brings the white and black people together, he can bring like John Safran and you together. You know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, so so I said I said some version of that just to like on the radio, like Helen. I said, oh. Oh, listen, it's interesting that Ray Martin's talking about reconciliation when, you know, people would say he needs to work out some reconciliation. And she, she just snapped, you know, she goes, well, John, I know you think you're the centre of the universe, but I have, you know, Ray Martin has done good stuff for, you know, the Aboriginal <laughs> reconciliation movement. Blah, blah. And I suddenly I was like, for the first time I got down, ever tried to get some, like, mileage off it, like, yeah, yeah. like you know, by yeah. acting, like, mildly pompous, <laughs> but only for the sake of doing a joke. Yeah. Suddenly, like, I'm, you know, I'm pulled down. So, yeah, I learnt my lesson. Well, because yeah. I watched a clip just before. 
I, I didn't know this. Man, he's still going on yeah. about it. There was an interview a, with him for like a couple of months ago where he yeah. picks it up. He's yeah. doing the George Costanza wanting to do the perfect comeback. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. But it's and it's so George Costanza because he's got this he's got this because I don't. I, I wish he was happy. Like I, I don't I don't I don't get any pleasure out of the fact. But it has been two things. It has been like whatever, fifteen years. And then yeah. also when like his show was like maybe him as a person, like I don't have any animosity towards him as a person, but like his show just did pretty hor- horrible stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's still going before, on yeah, today. It's the same put, thing. So it's not like it, he can act all like, oh, I don't, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A comedian taking yeah, the piss yeah. out of the fact that my show does. You were just exactly. trying to report the news. But, but he, and this is how tangled it gets. He, he, he's started this angle where he loves all the other shows that do stuff like I do except my show. Like right, like, right, right, right. So he was, he's there, he'll be like, Oh, I love the chaser. You see, the thing about the chaser <laughs> is when they and when they do their little gotchas where they get someone, it's, it's really tightly scripted, and you know what the point is. And it's really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that I live in a culture where there are comedians that go out there and just sort of like bang. Sort of. Please, as opposed, <laughs> if I, and if I can make this decision in that and what John Safran did. <laughs> I heard some good radio the other day. Helen Razor had made some really great points. I don't know what the co-host was on about. That sounds like if I ever tell a joke to my dad or an uncle or something and then they'll tell me another thing that they like, they'll go, that's okay, but have you ever watched Men Behaving Badly? (laughs) That's a hilarious show. But that's what the interview was like. It was like him going out of his way and just going, and then then John said to me, oh, what's this about? And I was like, whoa, how's that funny? That's not funny. Everything you were saying, he's going, what's he on about there? That's not funny. It's like, oh. the way you impersonate him before, please tell me he actually said their little gotchas. (laughs) Now, that's like like the chaser's dad's going. But I realised, I did learn something that it, like why it's not his fault that he's still going on about it. Because someone told me that sometimes I, I, I've accidentally put curses on people. <laughs> so the fact that I did that to Ray just means every goddamn interview he ever does, yeah, yeah. someone asks mm. him about it. Right. And that was the same with uh, I, uh, about the, when I put the joke fatwa on Rove McManus. And the, so his thing isn't that like, oh, he's offended I've done it or whatever or that he's upset that I don't... Like, he thought it was funny or what. It's more like now for life, mm. every time yeah. an Australian interviews him, it's like, how's the fatwa going? <laughs> and then he has to be in this, this mind F state where he has to, like, really articulate that he's good-humoured about it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. Like, And because he's, it's like... A gun to his head, forcing him to be good humoured about it, just kind of like, me- kind of annoys him a bit. And it's a great question that you can weigh in on. How is the fatwa going? <laughs> like the idea that that's something you can have, like, a, you know, an actual idea of how, like, you can actually answer it. Go well, yeah. you know. Uh, well, we're, we're at stage well, three. Well, I fell down a manhole the other day, so yeah. I believe that's part of yeah, it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's not like water restrictions. It's not stage three. It's not stage four. It's not <laughs> yeah. like when we're not up to you, you're not allowed to water your lawn. Yeah, There's this no is the update. eighth year, so this is the silver year of the fat one. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yeah. 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 yeah, so you see, from that point of view, I guess it's not Ray's fault because it's like he's always being – he probably would shut up about it if everyone else did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he yeah. The interview I read with him recently, he referred to you as a serial pest, which yes. very disrespectful to Peter Hall, <laughs> the yes. serial pest, in my yeah. opinion <laughs> – yeah. yeah, I would like to have seen Peter Hall Media Tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's an actual show these days. It would be a show to watch Peter Hall go around and 
what, run in front of horses at the Melbourne Cup? Yeah. Scream at Michael Hutchins' funeral? What else? Because he's a, that's if a Jackass he was in danger of going Cup. off. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah. They should have got, yeah. got him over. Peter he did the World Cup. He, he ran on and jumped, and, uh, jumped up and... Did, is he still going? No, no, no. This was a couple of World Cups ago. Oh, okay. And so people hold him responsible for Australia not getting into the World Cup finals a couple of cups ago. So you know what? This is... This is um, the only way you'd be able to find out about Peter Hall because is, is to go down to polyester and get his VHSs these days. Because <laughs> he, he's a guy that I think once he did about six of them, the whole media sort of went, all right. It was sort of like when how people don't report regular suicides. They go, no, that's just the unwritten rule. We don't put them in the paper or whatever. Mm. I think that's what they did with Peter Hall. They go, well, if we keep putting him on the front page, he's going to keep trying to you know, jump in the pool and drown Kieran Perkins or, or whatever. <laughs> mm. Hey, I remember when I was in like grade seven, someone telling me, someone at school had an old copy of FHM and they're like, man, you can just buy this magazine at the newsagent and there's like just, there's like nearly nude girls in there and me going, what? And so I went down and bought my first copy of FHM and my first softcore porno or whatever you want to call it. I'm leafing through it at home. And then suddenly there's this like five page article about Peter Hoare in it. And I'm like... <laughs> Wait, is this what hap- What's going on here? Yeah. Like, I was looking at a naked woman before yeah. and now I'm reading about the serial pest yeah. and it was this big, big expose on him. Yeah. Like, Do you know the other thing I wish reporters and journalists would blackball and just say we're not going to report on that is because, like, Twitter's got... How many members are there in Twitter? How many people have signed on? 50 million? 100 million? 200 mm. million? That any event you can find... Someone being outraged, and then mm. backward engineer an article out of it. Yeah. So yeah. I, the, the one that was in the paper today, like in Time magazine, which I think used to be like cover like the Vietnam War and stuff, <laughs> yeah. was about how well, when Neil it was on. Patrick <laughs> Neil Neil Patrick Harris at the at the Academy Awards made a joke, a pun, when after the Ed Snowden documentary mm-hmm. won an award, and he said, oh, Ed Snowden can't be here for some treason," and then blah blah blah, yeah. just go. And then so like so so there's like seven outright like offended. Yeah. Like I have to explain to you why they're offended because I didn't I don't get it why they'd be offended. I'm offended at someone saying a pun in public. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. worse than anything Snowden's done yeah. by far. That's with, a, with so, the so on the Oscars. So there's seven people on Twitter going. I'm profra- profoundly disappointed. Because Edward Snowden did not commit treason, and it's just irresponsible. And anyway, so and then there's like an article in Time magazine about you know uh, treason pungate. But yeah, 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 because that thing that does annoy me when they go, they find a story and then they engineer the the reaction, which is that you find one person on Twitter that's gone, and they go, oh, here's just a sample of what people are saying on Twitter, and it's like. At Oogity Boogity says, no, that was no good. And they, they put that in. They go, oh, hey, that's, hey, that's specific. Hey, I follow Oogity Boogity. <laughs> no he comes with some quality yeah, stuff. Yeah. But maybe that's what they should have. They should have a Twitter rating system where you get rated yeah. on the If you've quality. got an egg for a profile, you don't get a say. Yeah, if you've yeah. got quality of tweets and then how many followers you have and if you're not crazy. like You can have like, you know, if you're a joke account or something. But then you find out like... It's so a quality Twitter personality. But they do, they do that for boogity, like, boogity. I've seen they do that on TV now as well. They'll like say, hey, um, at, at Hannah Jones on Twitter says, great show, loved it. And they use that as a quote and it's like, that's such a weird way of doing it because mm-hmm. before Twitter you couldn't, you know, you're not going to go Hannah Jones that we saw down the street says And that could be someone show. who just worked on the show. Yeah. There's no qualifying yeah. the legitimacy of that. Yeah. John, you studied journalism. Would you have... 
stuck with it if it had been as easy back then as just <laughs> taking tweets out of the internet and writing a whole article with them. The, 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 the only story I remember, we had to like deliver a story once a week and it would always be the last day and you'd be desperately trying to find some story and there was no internet so you had to like just dart around the central business dis- district <laughs> hoping there'd be like... And you'd, you'd start imagining things like... I, <laughs> It would be cool if, like, a gunman, like, you know, <laughs> and I just, just happen to be here and I kind of got it on tape or whatever. So one time I, I was really desperate for a story at the last minute and I saw these fire engines outside the body shop in the, uh, in the central business district. So I went there mm-hmm. and it ended up it was a false alarm or whatever. And, and anyway, so I wrote about it. <laughs> <laughs> and the comment from the teacher was... Not a fire is not a story. <laughs> <laughs> but then you just you just go into like you just walking around the body shop looking at all the products and stuff, and it's just you describing. That's like this is just an. I ad. can't remember. Yeah, this no, I, I can't remember how I managed to drag it out to whatever the required paragraphs <laughs> were. Sure, you could have got that in Sunday style or something. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny if that had been your inspiration. Though. You go back to that teacher and you go. <laughs> Not a fire. Well, I made up my own shit from then on, didn't I? Just. But I think a fire truck turning up to a place where there's not a fire <laughs> and everyone being safe is still more interesting than here's what six people on Twitter yeah, have to say yeah. about this thing on TV. Yeah. Like it's just... What it's... about how... Why is printing Twitter things like just in and of itself something to do as opposed to like, oh, there's someone says something interesting enough to be put up on the screen? Uh, like, like I, I've got this feeling, this controversy. You know how, like, five years ago, to be ahead of the curve as a TV show mm. was to have a Twitter thing on your yeah. feed? I reckon now to be ahead of the curve is to kind of go, we don't need a Twitter feed. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not only oh. not have it, but there's, like, someone two camera at the start of the show going, hey, guess what at home? We don't give a flying fuck what you think of our program. Mm. Yeah. So take your it's, phone, shove it up your ass. Yeah, it's better if you aren't on Twitter whilst watching this program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Both reminding people, it's like, you know you don't have to be watching TV right now. You can be online where everything great is. Yeah. That's well, what keeps like, reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people who have a show on and they, they live tweet their show while the show is on. And that's like another step of it because you're just encouraging people to look at your tweets yeah. about your show instead of paying attention... To your show as it's on. That was like, that remember sense? that show Friday Night Download? And it was like some people from Big Brother just showing YouTube clips. <laughs> yeah. And that should have been that should have been the end of TV right there. That should have been the point where it's like, we've got nothing good. Now we're just showing you what you can look at on the internet yeah. without our shitty comments. Yeah. Is, is Funny Stone Video even on anymore? Is that, is that still I a thing? Know. I think so. There should be an option on YouTube where you can click in voiceovers by cartoon characters. <laughs> Like Funniest Home Videos. So you can watch a YouTube video of someone falling over, but then Daffy Duck oh, right. okay. says, oh, oops, or whatever. Right. It's like I, with, uh, I remember like, I used to work in advertising and I, I started to notice that things that were like boardroom kind of language and mm. boardroom concerns would like bleed out into the ads going to the public where like what do they care? So a classic example is like, a competition, that's great. So if you say Cody's Cordial has a competition, like, yeah, great, because, you know, you win something. But then suddenly the language changes to the Cody's Cordial promotion. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, hang right, on. Right, right. That's, what does, that doesn't mean anything. Like, what do they care that you're promoting? Like, that's, there's mm. no benefit for that. And there's the same thing on q and I've noticed with Twitter recently. They start broadcasting how many tweets they get per minute. Mm. So it's like 700 tweets this minute. And like, who, like, what's that 
of interest or that mean, means nothing. Means yeah. that, like that's mm. something for like internally for your boardroom, so you can kind of yeah, report yeah. to Mark Scott and the high five that you know this is how well it's going. You know, yeah. our mm. show's going. But like, what 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 are you meant to do with that as an audience member? I remember I went to the premiere of the second Transformers movie, and someone from the the Australian distributor or whatever got up and made a speech about it. And there was this big thing about how the the graphics in it, you know, the CGI was like so intense that it filled up seven hard drives. And he <laughs> and he said that more than seven times in his speech. He just kept saying it, and it was that. It was like, who can, like that means not like yeah, yeah. we're not the people who like that's not. How big's the hard drive? Yeah, what do you do? You and just, what, you just yeah. look back at the other movies and go, I can't believe I ever watched that fucking five hard drive <laughs> yeah. film. What a fucking like, waste of my time. What's one Optimus Prime worth? Yeah. Who? And then you watch the get film and it's paper, shitty. Get seven paper book novels, then, paperback <laughs> novels, the size of a hard drive, and lay them out in front of you just to take it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that movie was fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> should, we, should we talk about this with Zave quickly? I'd be interested to hear... John's opinion oh, Okay, yeah, of sure. This, I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Because we were yeah. talking before, John, about your uh, your kind of your, your early pilots, your media yeah. tycoon, and your master chef. You know, kind of starting out. We, we've working got a, on TV. Working yeah, on yeah. TV. Yeah. So we've got a story about a young Xavier Michaelides. And only a few, to, it's only from a few years. Not ago, that young, so. actually. <laughs> not that young. <laughs> young. Three younger, or four years ago. Still bald, but younger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always been bald. Yeah. When did you go bald? I was twenty-two. Hmm. Yep. That's um, the story. What do you think, John? Um, no. Are you married? Yeah. Because I always used to think that I'd be married if I was going bald earlier because I'd be going, oh, it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have pushed me over the line. But instead, because of my, like, lush, like, thick <laughs> layer of hair, I was, I was sort of like, hey, man, I've still got years. Oh, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. just play the field yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, play, yeah. 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 But if you start going bald in your yeah. 60s, you're like, all right, better lay this yeah. shit down. Well, okay, how old were you? So you're 22 and you started going bald. How old were you when you met your now wife? Uh, 25. And I was already completely bald by that point. Okay. Oh, so sh- she was. she's never known me with hair. So you had three years of terror of just, I fucking need to find someone now and lock them just down. freaking out. I'm going to die alone. Yeah. I'd and, spend every night thinking. And but you never know. With Women are just so weird. You can never, like, pin them down. I was actually talking to Nina Las Vegas of Triple J before about this, about how... Because she once had... You just pointed to Carl's door like as if she's literally just standing (laughs) on the other side of that door. But because she... uh, uh, Louis C.K., there's got so many name drops in this. Yeah. Like... I've heard of, this story, yeah, yeah. Yeah, busted a move on her. Yeah. Which she, like, said, oh, listen, like, I, whatever. Anyway, she was talking about how friends or the response of her, of her friends to, like, Louis C.K. Because she's like, oh, this guy, he's, like, 45 and great. But, like, she's got all these female friends who, for some reason in their head, he's hot and yeah. it's very confusing. But yeah. kind of good if you're an unattractive guy. But they would have been like, why didn't you do it for the story? Because that's a great story. Yeah. But he's also... No, not just that. There's no, there's no sort of like you can't. I can never work out what it is that ladies find attractive about guys. So you really, I always go him. Really? Yeah. What is it about that dude? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a great example of that from the weekend. That. Oh fuck it, I'll say it. Uh, I met. Oh, I met a friend of the show, uh, Ella Hooper's boyfriend, on, uh-huh. on, on the weekend, <laughs> and I, I went, wow, I could, uh, that could easily be me. Surely, <laughs> surely. God, I reckon I I've, that as well. I reckon I've quickly... got at least two out of ten up on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> at least two out of ten. <laughs> I watched this clip of that. You know that show, Broad City. Mm. Yeah. And I watched a clip this morning, and the premise was that the, the two girls were there in a restaurant, and there was this waiter, 
and he came up and they were kind of back and forth thing. And I honestly did not know whether the, it could have something to do with the flirting or whatever. I honestly no idea, based on this guy's looks, whether I was meant to take this guy as like really attractive mm. and they're sort of like really, they really like him and want to impress him or he's gross and, and like, and, the, and, that, yeah. and that's the thing. I had no idea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Same thing with like Sex in the City where it's like, look at that guy. And it's like, is this like good or bad, <laughs> this guy? Mm. I just want to stress... Ella, if you're listening, I'm just saying, this is not a slight on you, you're a very gorgeous woman. But what I'm saying is, I cannot believe your arm candy or the lack thereof. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, good for him. Like, that a, is, hey, he's a lovely man. He's yeah, he very, is. He was, no, but this comes back to, I like every, every time I've Because been, guy, guy, I think guys are terrible people and it would never happen in the reverse. Like for Ella to go, oh, this guy's a, a, a you know nice guy. He looks like he's been run over, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we that we went away from that for a bit. Like there were two other little bits of conversation. You weren't even listening. You were still thinking about that. Yeah, what did this go, guy better, do to you? I better no, bring you know, up again. In my head, I was like, I better prepare an apology, and yeah. I think I've dug myself a big yeah, hole. But made anyway. a lot worse. He looks like he's been run over. <laughs> Great. You've spent a lot of time obsessing over the parallel universe where you, you're single at this point and you meet no. Ella and you go over there. That's what you think. You no. think you should be going over And it's as easy as you going, if you can have him, you can have me. No. If that's, you're happy with that, you'll be happy with look, this. Look, that's not a completely conscious thought. I'm sure that's operating in a very subconscious level that's not that Aren't subconscious. Aren't you all subconscious but... level? <laughs> no, I mean, I have that, like, every time I've started seeing someone new, when I've, intru- when I've sort of introduced them to mates, like for that sort of first time, there's always been someone around who goes, oh, mate. You're batting above your average, and yeah. it's like, no, you know what? I have worth. Like I'm a, you know what I mean? Like it's so, I don't know. It's so. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. No, like Not I everyone's as superficial as you, Carl. Is what I'm trying. Oh to say. no, yeah. It's come back to me. All right, we were bagging <laughs> yes, your mates there, back but to you because you made the statement. No, I'm saying that that's a. Uh, it's a fact. It's not my opinion. Actually, no, I, have to, I, have to, I have to say, though, I've heard a lot of ladies say about Carl, they've gone, fuck Carl. He looks like his face has been run over. <laughs> Just what a beautiful, unrun over face he All has. All right, well. Sure, he looks like someone punched in the back of his head and his eyes slightly came out, oh. but not run over at all. All right, male model, Xavier Michaelides over here with the classic bald man cap on and the terrorist beard. <laughs> We're playing this game, are we? Yes. Um, oh, boy, this got heated. Um, all right. he, he really got caught, caught up in the fervour because of, like, Tony Abbott. <laughs> terrorist beard. <laughs> terrorist beard as well. Couldn't just say big beard, it'd be terrorist beard. Well, I'm saying... Which I'm... did make me nervous as well because I didn't want to come back too harsh. Yeah. To be like, I don't like terrorists. Maybe I like terrorists. Do you ever think about that? Well, I, I'm so, Maybe I, was, I, I might I was be a terrorist playing, to you, but this is someone else. This is someone's freedom fighter. Beard I was trying else. to upplay the negative connotations of your beard to, 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 sound, to make it sound like I was selling you less. That's all I was doing. Okay. So I'm sorry to Ella and any terrorists that are listening. I didn't mean to liken you <laughs> to Xavier Michael Lee. The best part is, is that we still haven't brought up that story that you tried to bring up. Right. Yeah, so let's okay, get back here we to go. It. So a few years ago now, uh, and feel free, Xavier, to interject. We're in the story. Okay, when you I'm going to correct like and make it's it being misrepresented yeah. anyway. Uh, there was a sketch show that a few of us got asked to come in and uh, submit some stuff to. A it's children's like, sketch show. A children's sketch show. ABC what, what three. ABC three. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. what age level do you think ABC three is? What uh, would you say? Uh, zero to seven. Okay, I <laughs> see zero it as year olds. zero. <laughs> I Pretty see ABC two during the day is zero to seven, and then. 
ABC Three is like tweens to teenagers, uh-huh. early teens. That's right. what I saw ABC Three okay. as. Right. So Listeners, write in. Let me know if I'm save wrong. Save your defences for after we hear what's. Happening. No, I get to defend right. the whole way through <laughs> to help shape John's opinion of what happened. All right. So we, a few of us, get called in uh, and we get given the brief of the show, and then we had like I don't know two days or something. It was like just send in, you know, whatever, a couple of sketches that you think represent the tone of what we've told you the no, show no, is. No, no, they also said don't hold back. Influences are <laughs> no. Tim and Eric. Oh, this no. is going to be really bad from it's the amount just... of defence happening already. <laughs> they said influences Jesus. like Tim and Eric stuff off Adult Swim. We want it to be really cool. Let's not try and talk down to these kids. Let's be really. Let's really yeah. try and make this a fun show that even adults don't talk want. down to the zero year olds that could be watching this show. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, you <laughs> don't know, treat kids... them like they're unborn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kids like stuff that's pitched. Above them. Do you, yeah. know, if you say this is for your so age. I'm writing, you're reading well, Mad Magazine. I didn't yeah. mind reading about Richard Nixon. You know, I didn't know who it was, but I learnt. Okay. I should have been reading Mad, but I was going and buying copies of FHM with Peter yeah. Hoare being yeah. interviewed in them. Yeah, learning about I already feel like I'm convincing you guys by how much you're starting to turn your story around as well. So <laughs> I mean, by the end, we all go, that was a great, great idea. No, you're well convincing done. us more of your guilt. Anyway, so, so what, 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 what did you submit? Uh, I can't remember. Look, I can't remember what I submitted. I ended up getting the job. So I ended up working on this show. Uh, Few week, a couple of weeks later, I bump into Xavier, who had also been in that initial meeting, and he says to me... I got the... What are you going to say? Uh, let's listen to the story. Right. What? You said to me, we, did you hear back from them? And I said, yes, I did. I'm working on it now. And you said, oh, I didn't hear anything back. No, no, no. I was working on the show, but were I was you? doing less days than you. Ah, okay. So you're doing like five... We were getting paid by the minute or something stupid like that. And mm. so you were getting paid... You were getting like five dollars more than I was a minute or something. Like, <laughs> I was getting like I was only working a day or two a week. Sure. So yeah. right. So I mean, I mean, they're like, we love your stuff. This is great. <laughs> Crucial. Okay. Crucial okay. bits Keep of the going. story. <laughs> Crucial. They, they sort of, they sort of, pretty much like I read the subtext, which was, is this stenographer getting all of this? Yeah. The amount this of, is, the we amount want of you to m- open up more. Let just let loose. The amount of the money subject. more than you that I was getting is a very important <laughs> detail in the story. Um, so cut to the bank <laughs> and. I, Anyway, then I'm talking to one of the head writers about uh, about Zave, and however we get onto the topic, they go, "Yeah, Zave, yeah, we look, we 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 like him, but the stuff that he sent in for his <laughs> submission was just a little a little bit wrong, little bit little bit full on." And I go, oh, "Well, what well, what was?" And after after I should say, in this person's defence, after much prodding from, he didn't want to. Give up what it was. I prodded him a lot in order to get this out of him. No. He did not want to give you up. He tells me that Zave has submitted to a child's sketch show a sketch that's a musical about a girl getting her period for the first time. Wow. And it's this, it's this like seven-page odyssey that just goes on and on and on. And this is for a child's sketch show. Yeah, because that was like a bit uh, full on when it was like on Larry David on HBO. <laughs> Like when they had the, the yeah, child. Yeah, classic yeah. kids comedy show. Yeah. Like look, look, maybe I'm, I'm ignorant and I think we live in a greater world than we do where we're open enough to talk about what happens to people's bodies. And it wasn't a seven-page musical. <laughs> it was one song and it was about you can get out of it. It was basically like a girl going, oh, I'm going to go through puberty, I'm going to get my period. And then her sister going, don't worry, you can get out of anything you want to from now on because you have your period. <laughs> oh, so really? you don't want to do sport? You can use that as an excuse. You so it's both a, like a period joke but also like weird misogyny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, it's They've had it good for too long. <laughs> girls and menstruating girls have had it good for too long. So thank you, finally. I know for a fact that menstruating is fun. <laughs> they enjoy it. 
It's their favourite part of the month and they just sit back and have mojitos while that's happening and just enjoy themselves. Well, prove us wrong. Belt out a few bars. Have you still got it in you? Have you? I don't remember it. But I just also want to say that if you had to do some prodding to get the song out, I heard then... After that it all finished, the second season happened and surprise, surprise, I wasn't asked back <laughs> for the second season of the show. What was your submission packet for season two? Uh, all was... right, now that the show's established, we can really run all wild. Right. I've, got a little, I've got a little ditty about an anal prolapse that I want to wedge in. I was, I was going to go to teen pregnancy, but sure, anal prolapse, that was, that's the next logical step after periods. Yeah. Is that more misogynist, John, that he, his next logical step after periods trying is an to anal smear, <laughs> Look, it, the mud's sticking to you. Don't try and smear the jury. All right. <laughs> so, and then what I found out is I was talking to another writer of the show, and I was it was at a festival, and they're going, "I'm writing for this kid show." I was like, "Oh, I wrote on that last year, but I didn't get asked back." And they're like, "Why?" And I was like, "Oh, look, I sort of submitted a few things which weren't really, you know, in keeping with the tone." And then they go, "Oh." Did you do the period musical? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, that was the first thing they mentioned at an initial meeting. Don't do this. <laughs> so I don't know if they really have yet to squeeze it out of them. It's now an example they use of when writing for this show, and, don't and, write a musical. And they'll about the carry period. that example onto other shows that they work on. And yeah. that's more legacy than any of the sketches that I wrote that got on the show will ever have. That's what I mean. Sure, we can call it a little thing. We can say it was a misogynist sketch, yeah. it was an inappropriate sketch, but it's teaching people things about sketch comedy. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the moral. Of the story. Boy, you really pulled a Xavier here, they will say. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, wish, I mean, I wish that had been made. Yeah. I reckon it would be great. Yeah. You should, I mean, you probably retain the rights to it. Yeah, exactly. It. If they haven't used it, you could still, you know, there's a festival Maybe show I in there. Maybe do a, a face swap video of that. You Everyone should just submit that one. sketch to every new show that starts up from now on. All right. Surely to God at some point. A show will come along that wants that. John, do you have a new show coming up? Do you want to do a little period musical? <laughs> yeah. Sound like, is that keeping with, in the tone of your next show? Maybe this could be your next true crime book, the crime of how Zave didn't get hired yeah. for that show for that sketch. <laughs> no, I think the crime is that I wrote the sketch. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we could honest. solve that here. We can... <laughs> Uh, guys, should we wrap it up here? Sure. Yeah, I think that is just about all the time we have for the oh, little like, dumb yeah, Yep. Very quickly, I want to say... disparage more people's boyfriends. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's get back onto... No, <laughs> let's not get back onto that. Um, update on Wikipedia. So um, it just reminded me going through John's Wikipedia page today and it made me go back and have a look at my recently created Wikipedia page and yours. Um, basically, they've taken all the detail off my page mm-hmm. and they've just left... <laughs> The only piece of detail that's on my page is like I was a contributing walk around, writer. Walk around the house naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on my IMDb as well. Um, the only only thing I've got in there is I was a contributing writer to This Is Littleton, hmm. ABC Two's This yeah. Is Littleton. I was like, it's a weird thing to have as the only thing on your Wikipedia. Yeah, that page. anal prolapse sketch that you <laughs> that you want to orgy for. That's the absolute <laughs> least I've ever worked on a show, and that's the only thing on so my who Wikipedia. So took it page. off? Like, well, that's the thing. It gets all those warnings at the top, and I looked at Tommy's page, and it's the same deal. It's, and these are the warnings on both of our pages. The topic of this article may not meet Wikipedia's notability guideline for biographies. Uh, the listed sources may not be reliable, and a major this guy, contributor. There's no pleasing him. First, he doesn't have a page, and he's complaining about that. Then he has a page, and he's complaining that it's all lies. A major contributor to this article appears to have a close connection with its subject. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see whether – do you mind if I yeah. look up my my high school and uni band Raspberry Cordial was on Wikipedia for a while and then yeah, it got the notice saying this may not – this John's university hip-hop band may not be as important as, say, the, the, civil, the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. oh, there we go. 
Yeah, here we go. The topic of his article may not meet Wikipedia's general notability guideline. Unbelievable. But it's still there. Yeah. Discography, Melbourne Tram, Cassette, 1991, Taste Test, CD, 1993. There you go. You've got four paragraphs on something you don't even care about that you treat as a joke. I've, I've got one line that I wrote a couple of jokes for an <laughs> ABC2 show. <laughs> you got, you've got links, you've got a discography which counts a cassette. That's not even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just there's a lot of there's more anger than usual coming out of you today. Just taking swipes, taking swipes at everyone. I think there's the same amount. But anyway, <laughs> if the world was right, you'd be with Ella Hooper right now with a oh, ten paragraph Wikipedia article. Man, <laughs> it's look. I just think it's it's a lovely thing she's doing for people. <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. I believe it's tax deductible what she's doing. Oh man, oh man. All right, let's wrap that up for here. Uh, John Safran, Xavier McLeodys, thank you very much for joining no, us. No, thanks thank very you. much for asking uh, me again. Have you got things coming up to plug? Uh, I don't know. You, you can check out... I'm writing more stuff for Good Weekend, more like crime articles and blah, blah, blah. And right. your book's still selling. Your book's still, I'm yeah. sure, selling by the... What, what, how many editions? How many prints? How many prints are you up to? I don't know what it, that means. What, Printings. Uh, you know, it's his first printed, second oh, printings. I, I think it's... I think it got two, two... Yeah, I think maybe three or something. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, three. I would have thought it would be more than that. Like, no, not like three copies. No, I'm... <laughs> okay. <all right. laughs> that must mean that first edition one that I've got signed from you now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Sweet oh, I've got mine here. I want to get it signed as well. So I don't know. I don't know how... I believe that's the third copy if I've learned anything from <laughs> you. But, yeah. Uh, Zave, you've got the Melbourne International Comedy Festival coming up. Yes, from the 1st to the 12th of April at the Imperial Hotel. It's called Bad Accents, Inconsistent oh. Mimes. It's come along. And also, uh, come check out my YouTube page. I've put up... Like four videos. You oh, doing yeah. these weird face swap videos where you put your head onto like the Qantas safety video and yeah, the funny. Milky Foot ad. They're actually really funny. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Oh, if if you're in Canberra, I'm doing the Canberra some Canberra thing. Oh, Canberra I'm doing comedy my, festival. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm going doing oh, cool. my Murder in Mississippi show there. Oh, that's part of the comedy festival. Yeah, yeah. Why not? There's oh. like there's. You can't spell slaughter without laughter. <laughs> so, um, oh, because you do do the live shows, but I haven't been to one. But you know, reading the book, I'm like, yeah, this is this is witty enough, and it's entertaining and everything. But I'm, I'm, I did struggle to understand how it went under the umbrella of comedy, like out loud with oh, a murder. Yeah. No, no, there's jokes in the live show. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Oh, you, you punched up the script for the live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just me mumbling. I've got like a – it's yep. got a proper like beginning, middle and end and I like show like band footage that – you oh, know, yeah, like the yeah, footage yeah. that wasn't allowed to be shown that led – Of the, the murder, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all that And you've gotten stuff. the Funniest Home Videos guy doing a bit of voiceover yeah, over the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. We've also got – oh, sorry, what was the date of that? I don't know, but you, okay. everything's on Wikipedia. If you're Google. in Canberra, you, yeah, you surely Canberra, know about it. Yeah. Come, come along to my show. Uh, we'll, we'll get the Raspberry Cordial Wikipedia page updated and get the dates on there. We've got our uh, Adelaide next weekend at this point, I yep. believe, the 15th of March. Then we've got every Sunday during the Comedy Festival and the drunk cast on the final night of the festival. What about we sizzle this up, Zave? Mm-hmm. What about you do some digging back in that old folder of yours of writing? At yep. the Drunk Cast, oh. we do the premiere, the world premiere of Periods the Musical. I would love to. I would love to. I'm going to sort that out. I'm, I might even get a friend to write the music for us. We can sing a song. Oh, yes. please. All oh, right. Please. Get ready. All right, that's a thing. All right, guys. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time. See, see you, mates. mates. See you, mates.